now. I know. I know. I know what this podcast is. I know what we're doing here. Talk about Mr. Whiny-ass Billy Corrigan. I believe you mean William <laughs> Corrigan. Can we call him William this entire episode? No, he wants to be called William No, now. he doesn't. He doesn't You're want making to, that up. I'm not making it up. He doesn't want to be called Billy anymore. He wants to be called William Patrick Corgan. That's what he wants everyone to call him. That's not verified. It's true. I don't believe you. Fake news? This is fake news. You're spreading fake fucking news. No, it's true. It is true. And I think that the reason why Billy Corgan wants to now be referred to as William Patrick Corgan is because if you Google Billy Corgan, it's just a fucking library of shit behavior. There's just too much. Yeah, people do dislike his personal choices. If you Google Billy Corgan, all you're going to see is headlines of dumb shit this guy's done. He hasn't worked with a single person who has great things to say about him. I found this quote that I thought was funny, and it kind of tied into what you're saying, but I only pasted part of the quote. (laughs) It says, I often expressed my frustrations with the emotional short bus that is Billy Corrigan. But I don't know what... Billy Corgan said that? No, no. Somebody was saying that about Billy Corrigan. Saying that he was an emotional short bus. Did you know that Sharon Osbourne managed the Smashing Pumpkins for about three months? (laughs) No. Sharon Osbourne was the Smashing Pumpkins manager for three months. And when she quit, she issued a press release that included the statement, quote, It was with great pride and enthusiasm that I took on management of the pumpkins. But unfortunately, I must resign today due to medical reasons. Billy Corgan was making me sick. Oh. End quote. That's pretty good burn, dude. Press release! She fucking issued that to the press! I don't even like her, but that's a great burn. Sheeran Osborne? Yeah. She's the fucking worst. You yeah, kidding me? Except for apparently Billy Corgan is worse than the worst. That's crazy to think about. That she might actually have someone who's worse than her. Dude, David Pajo, a great guitarist who was in Zwan for a minute, said that watching Donald Trump on his campaign for president reminded him of Billy Corgan. It doesn't shock me at all. Kind of strikes me as a narcissistic victim guy. He likes to have it both ways. In the interview that I listened to with him on Howard Stern, he definitely seems like the kind of guy that wants to speak his mind on something, but then is like upset when people refute what he's saying. Oh, is that the episode where he talked about how he believes in chemtrails and then he saw a shapeshifter one time? No, but I am familiar with that one too. It was that, uh, that was a couple years ago. I should say, I should, I should note, uh, when I was looking up stuff for this episode, I accidentally saw a picture of Billy Corgan kissing Courtney Love, so I'm just extra pissed off about all of this. That's so gross. It's so fucked up. The fact that you would even bring that up in this. Well, he helped write five songs on the whole album, so, I mean, we kind of have to talk about Courtney Love today. There are literally millions of people listening to this right now that are just so grossed out because of that imagery. Uh, Yeah. I'm one of them. probably just made someone sick. If I wasn't a professional, I would be vomiting in that trash can right now. No, you would not. Folks, there's not even a trash can in this room. That's called acting. (laughs) Okay, so here, I don't even care if Billy Corgan wants to give an interview and talk about how he saw a shapeshifter, he believes in chemtrails or whatever. This is also a guy who owns a professional wrestling company. Owns! A professional wrestling company. So I don't know if we can even take anything he says seriously. I think it might all just be show business. You think he's a flat earther? I think he would say he is. You think he's genuine about any of that? Or is it just to get a rise? Fuck no. It's just attention. You think it's fair to hate on the Smashing Pumpkins just because of Billy, though? There's other members. No, there are not. 
It's basically a solo project. It basically is a solo project. Billy falls into that same category as other singers we've talked about that I think he legitimately hates his fans. As a matter of fact, he said... He said a lot of fucked up stuff on stage. A shit ton of stuff. But he specifically said... Only reason I know this is that a friend of mine is a huge wrestling fan. And he said that he heard an interview with Billy where he said something along the lines of he loved owning a professional wrestling federation thing because it pissed his fans off. And he thought it was great that it pissed his fans off. Does it? I don't think so. I don't think it does. All right, A. What fans does he have? Exactly. Are there Smashing Pumpkins fans now? Are there, really? I know there are, uh, there are music journalists who went head over heels for their albums and wrote about how they were such hot shit. They have all this hope that they've held out for how great this reunion's gonna be. I don't know, why, why does anyone even give a fuck about this reunion? Okay, so how many times has the band reunited, in quotes? It's never been a reunion, but also it was never a band in the first place. It's- but how do you have a reunion without- It doesn't matter! The people that play on stage. No, I, I know what it's you're just saying. The, it's just the way it looks. It's a fucking picture. They like the pictures that they saw, and so they want to see those pictures again. Oh, there's all the other people that are in his quote-unquote band. All right, here's what I think. I think every person old enough to remember the song Stranglehold by Ted Nugent must have thought everyone was losing their goddamn minds when Smashing Pumpkins became the new best band of all time because Stranglehold by Ted Nugent is the template for the Smashing Pumpkins. Do you think they heard it for the first time and they were like, are you fucking serious? Yes. This has already been done. Yes. Ted did this. The only difference is Billy Corgan's voice sounds like he gargles Drano before he steps up to the microphone. I was going to say something way worse, but yes, I... Go ahead. I want to hear it. No, no, no. Barbwire Cox? Is that what you were going to (laughs) say? Yes, I was going to say... Barbwire Cox. Yes. Billy Corrigan has the whiniest voice in popular music. There are whinier voices, but there's no one as big. The Smashing Pumpkins are a big band for as whiny as he is. I think whiny doesn't even begin to cover it. It's more like a nasally whiny. It's its own thing. It is. I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is. It sounds like he's being choked. He sounds like a six-year-old kid who's being strangled to death by his stepmother. And he is so... And he's so committed to it. Well, you would be if you were a six-year-old. Yeah, you had no choice. (laughs) Oh, boy. I was watching MTV Classic the other night with my wife. Smashing Pumpkins came on, and I actually looked at her, and I said, the fact that this band ever got big is kind of mind-blowing because his voice is so fucking annoying. If you were just to isolate his voice, if you were to take out everything else— Take out the the imagery and the fucking goth dude vibe, whatever. It is so bad. I can't fathom that people think that this is... I've, I've never met anybody that liked his voice, but maybe they do within the context of Smashing Pumpkins. It's so fucking annoying. Even people who are big fans of the band would say, yeah, his voice, I don't know. You can't really go to bat for that. Yeah, it's, he doesn't have like this crazy range or... I don't know. It's oh, just, fuck. All you have is... Well, first of all... There's a huge difference just in the studio. In the studio, you can make anything sound however you want to. And even there, all they have with his voice is this whispered, soft, delicate thing. Which, you know, if that was all he ever did, this would just be a shoegaze band. That soft, you could barely hear it. Let's bury that shit in the mix thing. But then he kicks into the thing where it's just like, okay, what happened to you? What's wrong with you today? Because it's very clear that we need to fix your problem so everyone else can go about their day. I'm just glad that you actually sang this time and it wasn't me. You're gonna. No, I'm not. I'm not doing it this episode because you did it. 
you were committed to it, which I will we'll say see. I did like that rendition because it was actually really good. <laughs> it was actually really, really accurate. So we have new t-shirts, but I just realized, can we say how how specifically can we describe the designs of our new shirts? Uh, we have shirts that roundaboutly might kind of make you think of a certain 90s runs rock band uh, and or another famous rock band from the across the pond. It rhymes with the bowling bones. <laughs> the bowling bones. Yeah. Shmervana. <laughs> Shmervana. Come on down to yfbspod.com. Merch store. Buy a t-shirt. Buy a flag. Buy a pin. Buy a sticker. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Billy Corgan is one more guy who can't stop singing about God. We get it, dude. Your parents went to church and you got spankings about it. You would think that a guy that came from that world, you wouldn't look at him and go, oh, that's like a Jesus freak. He is. I look at him and think that he, similar to Dave Navarro, fell out of a hot topic, wears too much fucking white makeup, too gothy. Oh, I want to look like a fucking vampire. For sure saw Nosferatu yes. at some point, and Dude. it just changed his whole life. When they started, they were basically hippies. They were wearing paisley shirts. He had hair, long curly hair. Yeah, and then he went oh, by way. The way. But I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with women who were slightly older than me who thought that Billy Corgan was like an indie dreamboat. When the Smashing Pumpkins first <laughs> Which broke. version? The, the Siamese Dream Smashing Pumpkins, uh, ringlets, you know, falling around his guitar god face. He was going to bring guitar back. It just makes me sad. That's so depressing. It is. Is it anybody you know? Like I'm close? not going to say anyone's you name. Should name. No, you told me to name names. You name names. Well, you didn't, so I'm not going to. Uh, well, I, I could have. Mm-hmm. But why the fuck are you singing about God all the time? It's the oldest trick in the book. It's the one subject everyone knows you can just reference religion, and then all of a sudden everyone is bringing all this extra baggage to the table. You're making people project all this shit into it. All you got to do is say the word God in a song, and everyone's bringing all this extra bullshit to it. Dude, either make gospel music or don't. Yeah, I didn't think about that. It's easy because everyone in some way can relate to it, more than likely. It's one step away from singing about relationships. Everyone, every fucking band makes songs about relationships because everyone has to be in relationships so we can all just bring our own baggage to it. You don't have to do any work. All you do is reference being in a relationship and I'm connecting with you because of all the emotions I have about that. One step down is religion. Yeah. It's the next most common thing that everyone has all of these issues with. Oh, fuck yeah, man. I can relate to that. So you're saying I need to rewrite my solo record. I need to change some lyrics. Mm-hmm. Okay, make sure you leave this in the podcast because I'm going to use it as a reminder. Just add the words God, Savior, Christ, so, whatever. So fucking annoying. All right, and then you get to the music with this. Oh, by the way, we're just going to fucking skip their first record because who gives a shit? Gish? That's a sound a vagina makes. We're not talking about that. No vagina sound records. Gish. Ooh. Ooh. No. See, nobody can see what you just did. <laughs> Nobody can see what you just did. It like ties the whole thing together. Siamese dream. This is the one where, oh my God, 
This is the best band we've seen in so long. All the reviews. Everyone thinks this band is a shit. Falling all over themselves. And, okay, right away, press play on Siamese Dream. Any musician who's ever been in a recording studio can tell you there is so much studio trickery happening here. Uh, The guitars are multi-tracked to oblivion. You've got guitars, guitars, guitars built on each other to sound massive. I mean, there are honestly probably 75 guitar tracks on an average Smashing Pumpkins song. Which is insane considering there's only two guitar players in the one, band. One guitar player in the band, sorry. Are you not, we're not giving anybody any credit at all. No, it's one guitar player in the band. They fucking, all right, uh, their drummer had a drug problem. They had to go to Georgia or wherever the fuck to record this to try to get him away from his drug connections. He found more there because, uh, duh, drugs are everywhere. And the band almost broke up making this album because Billy Corgan, he drags his entire band to Georgia and records all the parts himself. That's fucked up. How fucking mad would you be? Yeah. I'm in Georgia right now and you're doing my job. What am I supposed to do? Why am I here? But that's also why this band has always sucked live. Well, I would say, and I'm not even joking you, the first time I saw Smashing Pumpkins, I was appalled. Legitimately, holy shit, this is so embarrassing. Almost like it's one guy who does everything in the studio, and then he gets a bunch of people to stand on stage with him while he tries to do it all again himself, and it doesn't work. Boring. It's so fucking boring. They suck live. I think to go back to what you said, because they use so many production tricks when they record, it's impossible to recreate that. Yeah. Which even then I'm sure they're still playing a shit ton of tracks, but not enough. They should just play the CD <laughs> in lip sync and pretend oh, like they're playing guitar. It sure. would be better. It would be more entertaining. If they had just come out with tracks from the beginning, they probably wouldn't have even broken up because there would have been no investment required from anyone. You just get on stage and fucking pantomime the entire thing. They should just red hot chili peppers it. Remember when they did the fucking Super Bowl or whatever? Yeah. They were plugged in. They could do it every night. Exactly. And they would just be like, This is just what we do. Kind of skipping ahead here, but I think it's weird that when the Smashing Pumpkins broke up and Billy Corgan kept making music on his own, which is all the Smashing Pumpkins ever was in the first place, no one gave a fuck about his solo career. It's so strange to me because that's all this ever was in the first place. You know, it's almost like people just like the way this looked. Mm-hmm. They just like the way the poster on their wall looks. Bingo. And The sweet Zero t-shirt. Yeah. It's almost like it's not the music. Call me crazy. But it's almost like that's the case. Yeah, because if it wasn't the case, then everyone would have loved his solo records because his solo records sound just like Smashing Fucking Pumpkins. Because you're losing nothing when Darcy is gone. You're losing nothing. When James Eha is gone, you're losing nothing. So many people are smashing their, like, pumpkins. I hope you smash all your fucking pumpkins right now. They're so pissed because they're like, James Eha is a god. It's just a soap opera. It's just a fucking soap opera. And it is a soap opera because what's happening right now, it's like, what, a couple weeks ago or a week ago, the whole entire idea was Smashing Pumpkins were going to get back together with Darcy, the quote-unquote original lineup, whatever that even is, like James, Darcy, and Billy, and whoever's playing drums, I don't know. Jimmy. Jimmy. Uh, and that was the whole thing, and they couldn't do it. They announced the tour, and she's not doing it. This is not a reunion. You're just going on tour, dude. I'm sure it's just some personal bullshit, but also I'm still confused about why anyone even cares in the fucking first place. Who cares who's in this band? It's fucking Billy Corgan. 
If you like Smashing Pumpkins, you like Billy Corgan. And I really think what we're dealing with here is as media progresses and the personality of a famous person becomes, you know, more transparent as we get further into the future, it gets pretty hard to deny. Everyone who bought into the Smashing Pumpkins, they don't want to think that if they like that, that means they support whatever Billy Corgan says. So they've got to come up with all this extra bullshit about how it must have been the other people in the band who made it that way. No, never, ever, 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 ever. All you have to do is listen to the Howard Stern interview, listen to that fucking Alex Jones interview because he was on fucking InfoWars, and listen to the Joe, I think he was on the Joe Rogan show. I don't know. I haven't listened to the entire interviews because I can't. Oh, because you but, can't you can't chisel out three hours of your life to listen to an average episode yeah, of the Joe Rogan podcast? Well, What's your problem, Mark? Are I you know. a beta male? Or do you need to take your vitamins? I do need to drink co- uh, what is that? Caveman coffee. I need. I don't have enough fats in my diet or something. I'm not doing keto right now. Sorry. But anyways, my point is, if you have any doubts that Billy Corrigan is a, is not a, a fun- cunt? I was going to say it. Would you say capital C-U-N-T yeah. cunt? Yes, but that's what you said. I see you said it. But yes, if you want to understand more deeply why people can't tour with Billy Corrigan for fucking 40 days of their life to get paid a shit ton of fucking money, how much money do you lose out on by not eating it? You don't even have to talk to the motherfucker. That's yeah, how much. Get a he, separate bus. I'm assuming that's how I don't know for sure. There's so much money on the table. There's so much money, but she hates him i think she might want to be involved i think it might be him that doesn't want her involved. is it like his his ego then with her i, I don't know Who, you can't under well you can't understand him he's not an understandable person maybe she's really into facts and then he's like no fucking lizard people darcy <laughs> no maybe she's the one that he saw fucking shapeshift so he doesn't trust her she's a fucking lizard person i fully fucking believe that well let's bring it back to the music because that's what we always get dogged Boring. on for Siamese Dream is just 80s hair metal slowed down with all the high end rolled off and a bad singer until the wank fest guitar solo. That's all Siamese Dream is. And if you don't believe me. Yeah, listen, if you listen to nothing else in this podcast, listen to what Tyler is about to say. If you don't believe me. Fast forward to this part right here. Share this part with your friends because it's so true. While listening to the songs for this episode, at a certain point in listening to the Smashing Pumpkins, I realized all that that is is Sunset Strip hair metal slowed down to try to make it sound like My Bloody Valentine. If you think I'm just making shit up, on YouTube, you click that little gear icon and you can change the playback speed of what you're listening to a little bit faster. It's a lot better. Smashing Pumpkins at 1.5 times the speed or two times the speed is a lot better. But what you're also going to notice is that it sounds exactly like Guns N' Roses. It does. Two a T. Listen to Cherub Rock at 1.5 times speed faster, and it sounds a lot better. Listen to it at two times faster. It sounds a lot like Guns N' Roses. Much better band, by the way. The Smashing Pumpkins vocals are still going to suck. I can't do anything about that. But then, if you go back to the song Rhinoceros from their first album, skip ahead to the second half of Rhinoceros, change the playback speed to two times. And she And tell me that doesn't sound exactly like Guns N' Roses with a bad singer. It sounds 
I didn't believe Tyler. Mark thought I was bullshitting. I did. I thought, well, he was really grasping at straws here. And then I actually did it. It is so, it's insane. Um, it will forever alter the way you think of this band when you realize that all it is it's ridiculous. It's slowed down hair metal. It sounds 100% precisely like Guns N' Roses. With a bad singer. Yeah. Like I said, I can't do anything about the vocals. <laughs> you can't fix that But part. I can make the music better. All it takes is just play it faster. Do you think maybe Billy growing up actually wanted to be in a hair metal band? Uh, but he didn't, yeah. But he didn't have the skill. Uh, yeah. He couldn't sing. Yeah, I don't have to even think about that for a second. Can't play guitar like that. He started writing songs that were just slower versions of the songs that he wanted yes! to write. Let's slow this down to the speed that I can play it at. God, how much music is actually that? I think we'll probably get to it. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> so much fucking music. Is- I just can't wait for... Here's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to whatever writer that works for BuzzFeed, who's a fan of this podcast, who's going to pretend like they thought of this on their own. If you listen to Smashing Pumpkins at two times the speed, it sounds like Guns N' Roses. I don't even care. You know what? Fuck you. Take the credit. Go fuck yourself while you're at it. But also... I I don't even care all i care about is that people find out about this because that's the important thing it's so important to you that you don't even care who gets credit for it who gives a shit i'm still gonna get rich on this podcast <laughs> are we kidding this podcast is the best podcast that exists it's gonna get all the fans it's gonna yeah. get all the listeners yeah we've been at number one now for what like uh at least zero days yeah 100 percent of zero days at least zero days yeah we're doing good yeah did you know that siamese dream cost a quarter of a million dollars to make <laughs> could you imagine what you could do with two hundred and fifty thousand dollars? Well, I wouldn't have to break my back to make this podcast. You wouldn't have that. to sit. <laughs> I mean, I guess it must take a lot of time to record thirty guitar parts for every song, especially when nobody else in your band can play those guitar parts. So you have to do them all yourself. It takes so long because what they do is they record all day, and then when the band goes to sleep, Billy goes back in the studio and just w- deletes it yeah, all. No, that's exactly what happens. It re-records it. Siamese Dream took four months of that. Yeah. Four fucking months. If it takes you four months to record a record, no shit everyone quits. And then they put out a double album. Worst mistake. Again, if you're in a band, you're thinking about making a double album. Don't do it. Fucking stop. Yeah. Stop everything. Hit the brakes on every idea that you've had. It's fucking never a good idea. Led Zeppelin put out a double album and it's fucking not good. Yeah. It's a hundred percent of the time a bad idea to put out a double album nobody wants to hear that many songs dude i am sorry it's pretentious because artists think i just have so many songs to put out well then put out two records at separate times do not put them out at the same time there are 28 songs on melancholy and the infinite sadness which by the way that is the name of that album melancholy and the infinite sadness true emo they couldn't just call it melancholy the actual word they split it like melon like watermelon collie like lassie melancholy like a character name or something like it's some fucking concept album it's fucking not a concept album you just fucking wanted to put a shit you thought this was gonna be the last album your band made so you wanted to put all your songs out at once oh you know what the song bullet with butterfly wings that's the despite all my rage i'm still just a rat in a cage which is uh, i'll give it to you i know you want to say it an emo as fuck lyric oh god uh here's what everyone should do it's worth it go to google oh yes bullet with butterfly wings and then just switch over to the image search tab and then add tattoo to your search check that out because 
There are so many people who think just the name of this song, I guess, because those words are not in the song at any point. It's not like those words mean anything meaningful. It's just the name of a song where he screams about being a rat in a cage. Just that shit. Singing again. <laughs> just nailing it. Just, just nailing so, it every time. You should be in a Smashing Pumpkins cover band, dude. You killed it. The thing about the tattoos is the fact how literal these people take it. There's it's a bullet <laughs> with butterfly wings. But there's no even in, in, <laughs> like interpretation of it. You know what I mean? Or, don't, or, no, 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 no. They don't even pause to think about the fact that he may have been trying to say something. You know, I I, tra- trying to get, right. a, get an idea across with poetic imagery. They're just like, no, man. Yeah, a bullet with butter. Google it. Yeah, they actually get a physical bullet with a butterfly. It, it's, I remember you text messaged me and told me to look it up. I was thinking that it was just going to be a lot of like uh, influence stuff, but it's not. Uh-uh. It is literal. Uh-uh. The, it's like people took the exact thing and turned it into a tattoo. And then I think there was one that was just a gun. Yeah. With butterfly with wings. With a gun with butterfly wings. Not, it was like a bullet coming out of the chamber, maybe, or something like that. Um, it was thanks. like a Glock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, thanks, Billy, for encouraging all your fans to get these. Also, we haven't really nailed this down yet, but Mark and I, obviously, you know, the thing to do at a certain point is to take a podcast on tour and do live shows of it. Maybe we'll do that with this podcast. But one thing that Mark and I threw around was the idea of anyone who has a tattoo of a band that we've done an episode on. Uh, We're not going to let you into the show free. We're not going to give you a discount on tickets, but we will give you a discount at the merch table. You can for sure get merch at a discount. We take it on tour or whatever, and we'll even extend it. It doesn't have to say like Smashing Pumpkins or like I love the Smashing Pumpkins. If you do have legit a fucking bullet with butterfly wings tattoo, we're going to give that one to you. Yeah. I mean, I want my picture taken with you. Did you look up rat in a cage? I want to know if there's people with fucking rat cage tattoos. Oh, dude. <laughs> I if didn't even think about that. I, can, I, I just thought about it just now. I guarantee if there's people that are willing to get there a fucking- There are. I don't even have to look at it. I know there are. I know what I'm doing when we're done here. I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna be go- Of course. Googling. And you know what? We'll give that to you also. Oh, fuck yeah. 100%. <laughs> if you have a rat tattooed in your body in a cage. Don't, don't say 100%. We're not giving you 100% off. 100% meaning 100 I agree. That's what I meant. <laughs> Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness went 10 times platinum. That is 10 million copies sold in the United States alone. Crazy. Is that considered diamond? Yeah, that's called diamond now. Yeah. A lot of records. Just to put that into context with a good album, that's as many copies as uh, Devil Without a Cause by Kid Rock sold. Which, of course, means that uh, the conversation that you and I have been having is going to piss off a lot of people. Why, because they're Kid Rock fans? No, because this shit sold 10 million copies. How many of those people bought it, though? Didn't even make it through. This is, okay, I love the idea of just knowing random statistics. Like, I wish I could just know how many people I've, I've seen in my life. I would love to know how many people bought that album because at that fucking time, that's what you did. They heard the single. They thought it was good. All the reviews said it was great. Yes. At the time is what you did. You fucking bought records. How many people didn't even make it through both CDs? 95% of them? Yeah, fuck ton of them. I haven't. I've never listened to this double album from beginning to end. Have you? No. Fuck no. Absolutely not. Who has? I don't like the Smashing Pumpkins. Okay, you're telling me every single one of these 28 songs, they all have to come out on this album or else it's just not going to be good. 
That's the definition of pretentious shittiness. I think that's narcissistic view is I have, I don't know how long they, how long the records are, but I'm assuming uh, close to three hours. And then they put out collector's editions that make it even longer yeah. with extra shit on it. Here it is right here. You ready? Mm-hmm. Siamese Dream had 13 songs on it and four singles were released from that album. 13 songs. 13 songs, four singles. Melancholy, 28 songs. Guess how many singles? I don't know. Five. So you put out 28 songs to have one more single. More than twice the amount of songs for one fucking more single on there. You're telling me this all had to come out. There's no filler there? Is there no filler there? He's an entire record of filler. Put out one fucking record of 10 songs, not even 13. Just pick the 10 best songs, and then you could say... Half of our record was singles. I don't want to have to sit here and listen to your band for fucking two hours. I have shit to do today. I have it's two hours just to make it through the albums once. Oh my, no way, dude. It just makes me not like the band. At this point, we're now going from a band who their look was sort of Paisley shirts. Emo hippie. Yeah, yeah, kind of that. New wave emo hippie. Into just full on, I saw Nosferatu last week, and this is all I give a fuck about. He looks just like Nosferatu. Yeah, red eye makeup. He shaves his head bald. They wear black. He went from emo hippie to emo goth. Well, and I've got to think that there was some sort of market research panel yes. or something. Yes, that- exactly. I didn't know which way you were going to go. I thought maybe you were like, well, maybe there's got to be a moment where you could look at and say, see where he changed. No, I think exactly right. I think he fucking figured out what was popular, saw a trend coming, and he jumped on the fucking trend. That's all it was. 100%. I think he got a little bit ahead of the goth resurgence. Yeah, thing. he he did. He absolutely was kind of at the forefront of it. In the next music video, on the next album, the next single, Adore, they decided to go electronica. There's even a quote from James E. Ha. This is I love this quote from James E. Ha. Quote, the future is in electronic music. It really seems boring just to play rock music. End quote. He's just a boring guitar well, player. Well, I mean, that sounds like something you would say if, uh, I don't know, you were the guitar player in a band where the other guy that plays guitar in the band doesn't think you're good enough to play any of the guitar parts, so he plays them all himself, so you just do nothing. Spoken like a true whack guitar player. The future of music is in uh, where I know how to do stuff, because I don't know how to play guitar. Yeah, it's easier to mash buttons on a keyboard or something, James. But yeah, so Adore is, they try to go electronica and the big music video for the single on that album, it's the one where they do the stop motion stuff where like Billy leans into the camera and they change the speed on him and then the action in the background is still going at full speed. But the whole time, it's just, it's clear this band is trying to pivot towards goth. They're trying to get away from guitar and pivot to goth is a phrase that uh, no one should ever say. No, it's definitely uh, (laughs) the first time I've actually heard it. It makes total sense, and I absolutely agree, but it's the first time I've heard that. Okay, so Smashing Pumpkin switches over to uh, quote-unquote electronica for Adore. It sells 800,000 copies in the United States. doesn't even go platinum. Off of a record that sold 10 million. Go from 10 million to 800,000 sold? Because this is what happens when you make a fucking double album. Yeah, they buy it and then they're mad. Based on sales of the next album, that is legitimately mathematically correct. Yes, 9.1 million or 9.2 million of them didn't like the last record. And then the band broke up and now we get to talk about Zwan. 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 Just let that roll around in your mouth a little Zwan. bit. Just get the mouth feel of that. Zwan. Zwan. 
This is the point where I start to wonder about Billy Corgan's whole approach to visual aesthetic applied to everything because he always has a woman playing bass. That's his thing. Darcy is gone from Smashing Pumpkins. He brings in Melissa from Hole. Smashing Pumpkins break up. Now we're going to do Zwan. And now he's got Paz from A Perfect Circle. You know, I just sort of had this inkling. Uh, I should probably look up and see if Billy Corgan has ever said anything about why he always has a woman playing bass. Wait, wait, before you... Let me go down a limb here and, and guess that there's something he said. He did. I am shocked. I just like the way it pockets into the music. I play guitar pretty much on top, and so the bass is better laconic. If the bass is too on top, like, for example, Melissa, when she played with us, she played very on top, and it was constantly tripping all over the fucking guitars. It's hard to get the pumpkin sound. If you could bottle it, it's sort of predicated on the idea the guitars are clearly on top and ahead of the drums. The drums sit in the middle, and the bass is a little back. So it has an impact and wide scope sound. That's the sound that I like to hear. Maybe it was developed through playing with Darcy and the way she played. I got used to that feeling, and so I've looked for that feeling ever since. So if I found a man who could play like that, I would have no problem putting him in there. Huh. Keyword that I heard there was laconic. Yeah. Is how he describes a woman playing bass is just inherently laconic. What does laconic even mean? Lazy. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Just say that you like the way it looks in pictures to have a girl in the band. Bingo. You know, he wants the image of having, that's, clearly, it's all about the marketing. Clearly. Okay, okay. At one point, one of the new bass players that he hired for the band, I don't remember her name, but he got on social media and posted, oh, hey, everyone, we just found out our new bass player is one of the girls on the cover of Siamese Dream. She didn't want to tell us until she got the job because she thought that we would just hire her because of that reason. But once she got the job, she felt like it was okay to tell us that she was one of the girls on the album cover. What? She wasn't. I know. That doesn't make any sense to me. Find out who those girls are. (laughs) Neither one of them have ever been the bass player for the Smashing Pumpkins. So he clearly feels like he's got to go even above and beyond. Oh, look, it's a girl playing bass. He's got to go beyond that and say, oh, my God, everyone, we just found out it's one of the girls on the cover of our album. Isn't that crazy? What the fuck? I don't even know what else to say to that. What the fuck? I mean, again, this is a guy who owns a professional wrestling company. It's just a stupid fucking thing to say. And of course, no one ever really gave a shit about Zwan. Why would they? I don't know anybody who's, I have not even heard <laughs> the fucking band name. I'm not kidding. I have not heard that fucking band name. I forgot it existed. I, I did too. I'm not even, until totally you. Totally forgot. I forgot it existed until you wrote it down, which was just yeah. fucking 40 minutes ago. Yeah. You wrote it fucking on a piece of paper. And I was like, holy shit. I totally forgot Zwan existed. Billy Corgan releases a solo album in 2005. He must have had some sort of indication that the solo album was going to tank because he must have known no one was going to give a shit because the day, the day that solo album comes out, there's a full page ad in the Chicago Tribune announcing that he's interested in reuniting the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, doing nothing but raising awareness. You don't do that the day your solo album comes out. No, no, no. 
No, you only do that because you know it's going to eat shit. It's just, again, nothing but marketing. He realized that the marketing wasn't going to fucking sell it. It was the same product, but the marketing wasn't going to sell the solo project the way that it sold the Smashing Pumpkins. Nowadays, you just post like a dick pic or something like that, and all of a sudden you'd be like, everyone would be talking about it like, oh my God, did you see Billy Corrigan posted a dick pic? Oh, he has a record that came out? Weird. I should probably listen to it. But back then, he had to be like, hey, I'm going to get your favorite band back together. Before we go on, I should say... Uh, uh, that solo album sold 69,000 copies. Oof. Brutal. And then, so he was right. He was correct to do all this, get the band back together thing. Build a hype. Yes. And that's what he did. When the reunion, quote unquote reunion happened, it's not even the fucking members of the band. Yeah. You don't even get the satisfaction of looking at the band on stage and being like, oh yeah, those are the same people who were on my poster that I had in college. Yeah. And when was it even? When did they actually 2005. They did get back to that year? 2006. And then the only well, uh, the only original <laughs> member was Billy and Jimmy. That's right. And then uh, the other time. God, this is what sucks is they can't just go on fucking tour. There has to be some moment to celebrate. You got to come see us because here's the thing. I, the I, I genuinely believe even if you're a fan of this band, you see them once. You don't need to see them ever again. They suck live, and you know that they suck live if you've seen them before. They don't put out new music that you're stoked about. So you're only going in hopes to see maybe one or two songs that you used to like be played really badly. So I think they know that, and so they have to create something. It's like uh, with this newest thing was with Darcy. Darcy's coming back, or the one before this was James is coming back. Yeah. And the one before that was Billy's just fucking touring with a drummer. And also, look up what happened on those tours. A train wreck. There was one time where someone heckled, and he brought the heckler on stage and let the heckler speak into the microphone to a lot of people, thousands of people, what will get the biggest headline? That's all it is. What will get the biggest headline? Yeah, it's WWF or WWE wrestling in the form of a band. If you want to see how out of control this approach to being in a band can get, I'm not going to like quote it or read any pieces of it, but the music website Noisy did a pretty great article on the time that, first of all, Billy Corgan owns a tea shop in the Chicago area. He owns a tea shop, not even a coffee shop, a tea shop in the Chicago area. And he chose that as the venue to perform an eight-hour synthesizer improvisation to Hermann Hesse's Siddhartha. It wasn't even like a person sitting there reading the book. He took like a public domain audiobook, MP3, of someone reading this book and then ran that through a sound system and then did an eight-hour synthesizer improvisation in his shitty little tea shop. Noisy had a reporter on site for most of it. It's a pretty great account. You should read it. Some Chicago paper tried to send their writer up there and Billy wouldn't let them in because another writer from that same paper had given the Smashing Pumpkins a bad review. So he wouldn't even let them in there. What a dick thing to do. In my opinion, that is no different than fucking Maynard making wine and doing that whole thing. It's just... It's worse because it's tea and you can't exactly. get drunk off of it. Yes, it's just a <laughs> shitty fucking thing to do. And then to take the people that are there on that day and, and just fucking expose them to that. It's one of those things where the truth is if anybody was there, they don't give a fuck about his eight-hour little fucking experiment. It's just about the celebrity. Yes, they're there for fucking him and hoping that he'll take a picture with him and sign something. Are you ready for something really weird? 
Yeah. There's something that's really weird. And I don't, I haven't really seen this addressed in public. So I, it, there just seems like something that maybe you and I are the only ones who are going to like really think that it's weird. Are you about to transform into a lizard? No. In 2012, quote unquote, the Smashing Pumpkins released an album called Oceana. The first single is a song called The Celestials. And the second single is called Panopticon. So right now, fans of good music are wondering if 2012 was the year that Billy Corgan discovered the band Isis. I would say so. (laughs) It's pretty obvious. Because what the fuck, right? Seriously. What the fuck? Isis has an album called Oceanic. Isis has an album called Celestial. Isis has an album called Panopticon. What the fuck is going on right now? Yeah. I listened to the song Panopticon, and I think the guitar tone and even the vibe of the entire song is super similar to some of what you would hear if you listened to the album Panopticon by Isis. Just going to steal every little thing we can. All right, I think we should close on this Yelp review. Did you find this also? I did, yes, I did. Do you want to read it? I don't have it on my phone, but I I, do. I I think you should read it. You should read it. I can't. You should read it. I always read the shit. Well, I'm going to tell you something real quick about me. You're not good at reading? I fucking can't read for shit every night, and I love this. actually enjoy it. I read to my son every single night, and so many times that I have been reading with my wife in the room and she's fucking looking at me laughing because I can't read a children's book without fucking it up. I can read to myself just fine, but as soon as I'm reading out loud, it's so fucking embarrassing. So read the Yelp review. All right, here is a review that I found on Yelp from 2008. And Tyler quotes, Just got back from this show. I haven't written a review in over six months, but I left with the need to let people know about something. Let me take a moment to tell you just how unbelievably terrible the show was. I've been to 70 to 80 concerts in the last 10 years, and unfortunately, I have to say, this was the worst show I've seen from any band of any size or attribute. I've loved the Pumpkins through most of their various incarnations over the last two decades, and I don't know if they're trying to find a new direction or what, but I cannot stress to you enough how utterly terrible the show was. I hate to break the news, but if you've already bought tickets, my best advice is burn them or sell them, and I am not joking. Don't waste your time. Maybe in a few years, they will realize what a horrible mistake they've made and go back to putting on good shows. But for now, please, for your own sake, do not put yourself through this horrible torture. If you're still reading, why did I hate the show to such an extreme degree? Well, let me tell you. I truly got the feeling that about one third of the way through the show, they just basically wanted to see what they could get away with. They played a terrible, terrible rendition of some older Pink Floyd tune, then went into what seemed like a 12 or 13 year long acid trip guitar twang mishmash and ended it by playing kazoos and telling us all that Chicago is not his fan base and that not only do we not support them, we make Billy feel like we are that old ex-girlfriend that stole his money and then left us after we told him we loved him. It was strangely ironic that I felt that he had completely ripped me off since I had paid $100 for tickets to see this train wreck. Well, Billy, let me just say, with a wholehearted, double fist in the air, with both fingers raised, fuck you. Take your mind-blowingly horrible shit music storm somewhere else. 
Man, that is fucking brutal. If your favorite band is a smashing pumpkin, your favorite band fucking sucks. You are welcome for another slobber knocker of an episode on your favorite band socks. We told you we're the best, brother. We told you we're the baddest. This ain't no baby face blow up by God, and we never job out because that may be how you do business, but that's not how we do business. And if any of you BuzzFeed bastards do rip us off, oh, oh, it's gonna get nasty. All right, the monster heels of music criticism return next week, and we're going up against a bona fide veteran of celebrity deathmatch. It's Trent Reznor, a.k.a. Nine Inch Nails, a.k.a. AKA go 